This is the birthplace of the Bohemian Revolution. From Cowick 591 Studios, this is the Steve Brown Art Center Podcast Network with co-host Dale Reber and producer Blake Tempest. I'm Jim Gillespie, and this is the Jessup News for May 22, 2023. Tonight's sponsor is Derek's Repair Shop, LLC. For mechanical or detailing on your vehicle, call Derek at 319-215-8167 to make an appointment. Derek's been a friend of the Steve Brown Arts Center from early days. Please support our sponsors. On today's podcast, we talked to Vonis Hoffman on something close to our hearts, community gardens. Very good. Um, we have another segment of Winners and Losers. We do the third segment of Mandino's book on how to be successful. We look at something big in Iowa presently, sports betting. We look at the events inside the Steve Brown Arts Center. We give you the top stories in Jessup. We discuss service and the art. And we talk about the advice my mother gave me on birth control. It's a full episode. And perhaps we even talk about a man named Jack Taylor. The Steve Brown Arts Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that has a vision for artists, young and old alike, to have the opportunity to better themselves while helping to build the skills of those around them. It will be offering community programming starting in Jessup, Iowa, before expanding to neighboring communities. Programming will include a community speaker series that will showcase existing creatives who reside within a community, as well as pop-up series that will spotlight and partner with local businesses to provide opportunities for community engagements. The long-range vision is to house rural artists' residency program for professional and emerging artists in all areas of the arts and the humanities. Artists will be offered accommodations and studio space in exchange for a contribution of labor and maintenance of the buildings and grounds. Let's start with winners and losers, Dale. All right. Uh, what do you have for us this week? Well, I have a winner is, and this may seem a little strange, but I think Yogi Berra. Remember our trivia question last week, two uh, weeks ago? Right. Okay. Uh, which one did I use? If you come to a fork in the road, take it, right? <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the three most quoted people in history. That was Jesus Christ, Shakespeare, and Yogi Berra. And uh, it all comes up because there's a movie coming out, a documentary about Yogi Berra and his life, and uh, he often he has a reputation as a clown. He was a short little man, five foot I got here five foot seven inches tall, and one of the greatest baseball players of all time, but really got kind of short shift with a lot of different things. I know in in the two thousands they had uh, uh, the all century team. And they had it at the World Series, they had the three greatest living baseball players or whatever, and Yogi Berra was not out there. And uh, his granddaughter in, in the article said that Yogi had more MVPs and World Series championships and rings than all three of those guys put together. Right. And yet they didn't bring him, you know, she, so they were very upset by that. And the problem with Yogi Berra is that Joe Garagiola. And Joe Garagiola was a TV personality, but before that he was a baseball player, and he and Yogi grew up together in St. Louis, just a few houses apart, and both of them ended up being major league catchers, which I think is you know astounding. Really? The, the odds of that are almost... And as an aside, they said the Hall of Fame broadcaster Jack Buck was also part of that neighborhood group of kids 
uh, from St. Louis there. But uh, Yogi Bear, I, I just wrote some things down here because I can't remember all of them. He had the most World Series champ. He was in the World Series 14 times as a player, won 10 times, was an 18-time All-Star. He was most valuable player in American League three times, and he received MVP votes for 15 consecutive seasons. Uh, he went in the Hall of Fame in 1972. He's one of just a few managers that have gone to the World Series with an American League team and a National League team. And uh, just real quick, his World Series records. Most games at 75, most at-bats, 259. Hits, 71. Doubles, 10. Singles, 49. Games caught, 63. Putouts, 457. Uh, in 1949 through 1955, when DiMaggio and Mantle were both playing for the Yankees, Yogi led the Yankees in RBIs all of those years consecutively. Five times in his career, he had more homers than he had strikeouts in a season. Wow. One year, he had 597 at-bats, struck out 12 times. So unbelievable. You, t t nobody comes close. People strike out 12 times a week anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but uh, the saying that I really get for you is, is, I really didn't say everything I said. <laughs> and this goes back to Joe Garagiola, because Garagiola wasn't a very good player. He was in, a, in the league's while, quite a while, but he got a job broadcasting, and he wrote humorous baseball. He's a very funny man, baseball books. I think he did a stint on the Today Show, but he used to go on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and tell these yogi stories from when they were growing up as kids and give all these little things, and some of them were things yogi said and some of them the things he didn't say. And... Uh, uh, so that's what he really, when he, he says, I really didn't say everything I said. That's what he was referring to. <laughs> and so he kind of got his tongue twitched sometimes. But uh, the thing is, is that, you know, he's a short little man. He had a big head, big ears, big nose, uh, was kind of a funny looking and he talked kind of funny. And, but uh, had to be a very smart man to manage all the teams he did and set all the records he did as a player. And uh, he could hit the ball in the strike zone, out of the strike zone, whatever. And probably the most well-known story about him is he was managing the Yankees, and they had lost a tough game, and they're in the bus, and Phil Lentz was a utility infielder, and he was playing his harmonica in the back of the bus, which irritated. Barra thought they should be, you know, feeling upset about losing the game, and so he yelled at Lentz to, to uh, quit playing that blankety-blank harmonica. Well, Lynch didn't hear him. He turned it back. So Mickey Mantle said, he told you to play louder. <laughs> <laughs> and so Yogi went back there when he started playing louder and swiped the harmonica right out of his hands, out of his mouth, you know, grumbled something, went back to the front. Well, what that did was it turned the season around. After that, they started playing better baseball and they ended up going and winning the pennant again, which they were not in line to do. And so... Uh, the famous line he said, it, ain't, it isn't over till it's over, was he was managing the Mets and they started off the year with a terrible record and the reporters were getting after him and he said, hey, it's, it's not over till it's over and he ended up winning the, the pennant and going to the World Series again. So uh, uh, I think with this movie coming out, it's a documentary and his, his granddaughter is the, is the narrator and they got a lot of footage from... Uh, he caught uh, Don Larson's perfect game in 56, and he caught several no-hitters. And so, anyway, so I think he's a real winner, even though he was, I think he died in 2015 at uh, age of 90. But uh, so I think 
he's getting some of that serious reputation back instead of just being, you know, the clown of baseball or whatever. But yeah, uh, people yeah. don't realize what a great player he was. What streaming service is that on, you know? I, I couldn't. I don't know. If you look it up, I'm sure it'll be there. It'll be there. I think it's going to be in theaters. Oh, okay. I, I do believe, that's the impression I got. All right. That it'll be in theaters. Right. And so, uh, but it's it's the Yogi Berra story. That's, so, that's great detail, yeah. Dale. Thank you. That's all right. Uh, my winner... This week is local. It's the Independence Farmers Market. It's uh, every Saturday from May, the second week in May till the second week in September. Mm-hmm. And it was started a number of years ago by Joe Olson and some other people. And they do a tremendous job. They have the second Saturday series, the second Saturday of every month where they do uh, music and there's there's bakers there's there's people that sell meat there's people that sell vegetables there's artists there um, if you get a chance to get over there it runs from eight and eight until noon every Saturday it's located at the mill there in Independence a very pretty setting for it okay yeah that old mill is quite a ever been inside yes it's a great it's really how they built that so many years ago mm-hmm. and those big beams and they're just everything's just it's just so and uh, nice building. The amazing thing, Dale, is there was one like that in Littleton. Oh, is that right? There was down by the dam. Yeah, the dam? down okay. by the dam years yeah. ago. Or um, now that now that the dam is gone, the area where the dam mm-hmm. used yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Littleton, at one point, was going to be the county seat. Yeah, I remember. So. That, yeah. No, Hazelton had a mill. Also, it was right on the river there in Fontana. Okay, that's where that one shelter is, right by the dam. That was where the mill was. Yeah. You still see the foundation. It wasn't nearly as big as the one in Independence, mm-hmm. of course. But uh, no, there used to be a lot of those around. Yeah. So yeah. And who do you have for the lose? Well, <laughs> it's not a person, but it's artificial intelligence has been in the news lately. And today, the people, some of the people who developed artificial intelligence are saying, uh, you need to restrain us. You need to hold us back. You need to pass some laws because it's getting scary what can be done. And you were telling me that you did a, a public service announcement. You just gave a few words to... Your computer and it wrote it out for you yeah. better than you could have done in just a few seconds. And uh, they can now uh, listen to your voice for a while and then make you say lots of other things that you didn't say. Put your face on somebody else's body so it looks like you're doing things you didn't do. And it's just scary. And think back to the horror movies you watch as a kid like King Kong or uh, Godzilla. You could tell those were fake weren't real so they weren't really scary but then you get 2001 a space odyssey where hal the computer takes over and decides he's going to do the thinking for the boys and if they don't if they mess with him they die and that's scary and i think uh the terminator movies are scary uh where things we develop to think for us and do things those kind of things for us actually become smarter than we are and these people who have developed this artificial intelligence are now saying, uh, we're, the laws can't keep, the legislators, the laws can't keep up with us because it's, just, and so somebody's got to do something we need to tone back because they feel it is very dangerous. And so uh, hopefully, I don't say this is the beginning of the end of artificial intelligence, <laughs> but uh, 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 again, I don't know. We can't, you know, most of us aren't willing to go back and live like the Amish live uh, with farming 
and that sort of thing. But uh, we need to somehow or other keep things on an even keel where uh, our brain is still necessary and we still have work to do. So I think uh, that's my, my loser, my loser thought of the week. So. The, uh, the loser for me is the federal government right now trying to make a deal that we are going to or not going to pay our debts mm-hmm. for. Bef- I, I think we, we will default on our loans by, uh, about June 1st. That's they what, don't know the That's what they're predicting, date. yeah. Yeah, so. and right now the, uh, both sides of the aisle are fighting over whether we should or shouldn't, and they're threatening each other, and it's amazing that the wealthiest country in the world has to argue about whether or not we're going to pay our debts. <laughs> yeah. um, so that, that yeah. to me, is the biggest loser. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and you, the ramifications are much greater than you might think yeah. from what the, all the news reports are saying, that you know, like stock markets and the world economy, which depends on the value of a dollar, could take a hit. And so there's lots of things that could go wrong with this. Social Security, they might not pay us. What do we, so, it is. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a scary uh, moment. And you think they'll come together, but sometimes people get their back up. There's uh, a few people that can hold our country hostage in the, in the House and yeah. in the Senate. Well, I believe in, in the Constitution, it says that all spending bills have to come out of the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. And if they want to spend less money, all they got to do is take care of business, not you know, because the president can't spend money unless the House allows him to, right. the House and the Senate. But the, all those bills have to come out of the House, if I'm remembering my Constitution right. And so, if the House of Representatives is not sending these money bills out, well, then less money could be spent. So I don't, I don't understand. Uh, you know, they want somebody to say, you know, it's like. Please control me. You know, don't 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 let me kill again or whatever. So, uh, so yeah, I understand what you're saying. I and, and I agree with you. All right, a couple of co-work uh, five nine one announcements. The food trucks this month on the twenty third. The foods here mobile from ten thirty to one thirty. Um, that's on the twenty third. That's um, that's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the 30th, the Burrito Express from 11 till 2. I believe the Burrito Express was here this past week. Yeah, I had one of their two. burritos. They're huge. Are they but huge? It, but it was very good. All right. But well, they're big. Ah, I'm on the road on Tuesday, so I'll miss well, that. You'll miss that burrito. Yes, so. I will. Yes, I will. And library news, a little Todd story time. It's every Thursday at 10.30 a.m. for songs, stories, and more. The Spice Club for May is the Caraway. The Book Club, join us Monday. Um, that's past now. Um, they talked about the book, The Exiles, by Christina Baker. Don't forget uh, about the Friends of the Jessup Public Library. You can be part of that. The special Saturday story time was this past weekend. Uh, moving Monday is is today actually at 1 p.m. for you people listening on Monday, May 22nd. New things to check out. Don't forget the the Jessup Public Library has STEM activity bags, cookie cutters, craft stamps, and more. We have the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, 1,000 books before kindergarten, and the best sellers at the JPL include The Happy Place by Emily Henry, in the Lives of Puppets by T.J. Klune, 
Hang the Moon by Jeanette Walls, Dark Angel by John Sanford, Simply Lives by David Baldigy, Homecoming by Kate Morton, I Will Find You by Harlan Coben, Countdown by James Patterson, and Spare by Prince Harry. I believe I caught in the news Prince Harry was involved in a car chase today. Yeah, they're kind of Harry's people are saying they were in imminent danger, it was terrible, and everybody else saying, well, it was chaotic, but it wasn't all that bad. And so uh, we'll probably never know what the true, but I think he is, uh, I don't know if paranoid is the right word, but he does, it does concern him a great deal after what happened to his mother about being chased. And he is, uh, has stated that he's afraid his wife is going to get killed someday in one of those things like his mother did because uh, uh, it's something that stayed with him since he was a little boy. So right. uh, uh, there's a little difference in how severe the whole thing was. And mm-hmm. one guy said, I lived in New York City all my life. You cannot have a high-speed chase in New York City. <laughs> too many traffic lights, too many pedestrians. It's just not possible. So This is the Steve Brown, podcast, Steve Brown Art Center Podcast Network. <laughs> And we're here with Vonis Hoffman. Vonis, welcome. Thank you for letting me be here tonight. Yeah, uh, we've got the word that uh, you're you're active here in Jessup with the uh, community gardens. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, the Jessup Community Garden was started last year. Uh, we started with ten plots last year. This year we are up to sixteen. Um, the gardens are located at uh, Jessup Bible Fellowship Church. Um, it's not really affiliated with the church. Um, it's just that some of us that have been working with the board go to that church so we can use that for meetings. And uh, we've been able to use the land behind the um, garage for the um, gardens. Gardens are open to anybody in Jessup. Um, Last year we did have a community garden where we had some vegetables and things that we grew, um, but this year we just have the plots for people to use. How big are your uh, plots? The plots are all 10 by 10, 10 foot by 10 foot. Uh, there are some walkways through there. Um, they're very well marked. We have markers there and then whoever uh, rents a plot will put their name there at their plot. And then a um, little bit later in the season, we'll put some fencing up because we do have some pesky rabbits around there. <laughs> that like the vegetables just as much as we do. So, so, so is it, you mentioned um, rent a plot. Does it cost to rent them? It does cost to rent them. Uh, the plots go for $25 for the year. Um, if you want two plots, the second one will be $15. So um, that cost, that money goes back into the garden. Um, We have organic fertilizer or manure, however Mm -hmm. you want to say that. Manure's manure's good. Yes, (laughs) yes. Uh, We also have, um, you know, the cost of rototilling, and uh, we put some mulch down for pathways and those sorts of things. So... Um, that's pretty much 
you know, we're not there to make money. We're mm-hmm. just there to keep the garden right. going and keep right. it going. So well, when you rent so. a plot, it's ready to go. It's fertilized and tilled and ready to go. It's fertilized, tilled. All you have to do is put your seeds or your plants in mm-hmm. and watch them grow. Okay. Yes. Do you need to to have your own spade and stuff like that when you come down to the garden, or are those things provided for you? Those things are not provided for you, so you will need to bring those yourself. Um, we do have some donated seeds. Um, for example, I have my own garden at home. There's two people in my household. I don't need a whole package of bean seeds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people that don't use all their seeds, they will donate them. And we have a little box down there that can be thrown in there. Um, example, again, I buy four tomato plants. I only need two. So people will donate plants also that they have extra for people to use. Um, We do have a big water tank there. Um, It gathers the water off the roof of the um, shed there, Mm -hmm. and it's usually full, and that is there for anybody to use. There are also some donated tomato cages. So um, as people leave things, um, people are allowed to use those. So. so do you have like a weed police if you get a little behind somebody call on you or anything like that? Or? Uh, we haven't had any problem with that yet. Okay. Uh, we do kind of watch it. I'm usually there at least once a week checking it out. Um, and so if somebody does get behind, we will probably notify them, see if there's any way we can help them with the situation mm-hmm. or not. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So... So um, there's still there's still um, plots available for people if they want to contact you. There are plots available. I think at last count we had nine taken. Um, there are sixteen altogether. Okay. So there are still seven available for okay. use. And so, I, if, if someone was interested, Vanus, um, how would they contact you? Okay, the easiest way is if you can get onto Facebook, there is a Jessup, Iowa Community Garden. And if you leave a message there or even respond to one of the posts, uh, we will contact you and uh, help you get started. Um, The other thing is if anybody has questions or um, can't get onto Facebook, they can contact me. Uh, my email address is t as in tom dot v as in victor dot hoffman at gmail.com. Okay, would you say that one more time? Yes, t as in tom dot v as in victor dot hoffman, which is h o f f m a n at gmail.com. Okay, and and if 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 you don't get that or you can't get a hold of Vanus. Um, get a hold of us here at the podcast, and we can we can get you uh, yeah. her email as well. So, Vanessa, have you done before before um, the the community garden here? Have you been involved in a community garden before? I have not been involved in community garden before. Um, I am a gardener. I am not a master gardener. I am a gardener. <laughs> so I did have an interest in that. Um, it's been interesting to see because we had people last year who have never, ever gardened in their life. Mm -hmm. And so 
to watch them put the seeds in the ground and to get things out, you know, they were amazed that they could grow anything. We also have people who have gardens in their home, but it's just not enough room. And I know that when I would go down to the garden and work, um, there would be some of us, we would just stand there and talk. So we are able to help people who've never gardened before and would like to learn. Um, it's, it's just really a lot of fun. There's a lot of uh, community uh-huh. there in the garden. So, would, would you allow someone to put in like a strawberry bed if they would commit to several years in a row or something like that, to, if they wanted to start something like that? Or? Um, we can talk about that. Uh, we have talked about putting rhubarb in uh-huh. and strawberries. The issue we've had so far is that when we go to rototill the garden, yeah. Uh, you know, we just have to know where we're going to place those and that. Mm-hmm. So it's a possibility. Yeah. And is there a, a cornfield or something behind you or close to those gardens? Or uh, is There it, is not. I'm trying to figure out what's back. I don't really It's kind of it. between the church and is it uh, Emerald Acres? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. Yes. So you don't have to worry about spray residue is what I was thinking about. No, right? yeah, no, okay. no. Okay. okay. No, the biggest thing is gophers and uh, rabbits. Yeah. Oh, the rabbits can, they're really bad. So Yes, uh, that's why we put the fence. And yeah. <laughs> I, when I had a garden, I always had a fence around it because yes. it just, otherwise it was a losing proposition. Yep. So. I've given my garden over to the rabbits several years in a row before <laughs> I put a fence up. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the values of the Steve Brown Arts Center of Honest is uh, service and and um, to us, this is a big deal. And, and when uh, you were recommended to us, we, we wanted to, to have you on. Thank you for doing this. Oh, I'm, this, yes, thank you for letting me oh, come yeah. because we've been trying to get the word out. We would like to have the plots being used um, instead of sitting empty. Yeah, well, quite honestly, I had no idea they were over there until this evening. And it's yeah. just so... It's tough getting information out. We need to get it out as best we can. It is. So, yeah. Yes. So I appreciate you letting us do oh, that. We're happy That's to do great. it. It, 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 it's, it's uh, you know, as we, in a smaller town such as ours, it's hard to, to uh, you know, we battle getting, the Steve Brown Arts Center battles at getting news out yeah. um, as well. And th- thanks to, to John Klotzbach, he's with us tonight as well. At, at the uh, the Independence paper, he's done a lot, and we have a social media specialist and 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 another lady that runs our website. But still, with all of that, it's still hard. People don't. It's not like the old days where <laughs> people just went to the paper and that was how it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, you you just have to tell as many people as you can. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So thank you again, yeah. Vanus. Is there anything that we didn't ask that, that you'd like to talk about? I think um, I think we've covered most everything that where, I had. Where does Vanus come from, or is that a? My mother told me once, and I can't remember, but it was some name that she heard and she liked it, and oh, okay. uh, yeah, I've not been a fan of it all my life. I'm but sure. It's... Yeah, <laughs> I think you're the first one that I've. Yes. That I've ever heard it, so... Uh, yep. Okay. Hopefully the last one. Then. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Might be four or five of them running around out there. We just don't know about it. Don't so. know. Okay. All yes. right. Well, thank you so much, Bob. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. 
Today we're talking about the third step to success in Ogmandino's book, The Greatest Salesman in the World. Um, the third step to success is I am nature's greatest miracle. Uh, Dale, um, we are all a miracle. Um, I used to talk, talk about this with my students a lot. And think about antiques. And I, this is not a remark on your age, Dale, okay, well, as I, I talk see. about it. I, I don't go into antique stores anymore. <laughs> My wife tries to sell me to the guy. So. <laughs> but think about antiques. There's a reason people want antiques, because they're rare. Mm-hmm. And we're all rare. We're all unique. And there, there is value in uniqueness. I have many friends. I'm fortunate to have a lot of friends and acquaintances, and they're all different in their own way. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't want them all the same. Um, when, I, when I was a young teacher, um, there, there was some incredible role models around, like yourself, Dale, um, Larry Baldwin, Mike Sinrum, mm-hmm. Rod Olson, um, Bob Miner was there, Dick Lochran. You say a woman. Um, Pat Rose. Okay. The, the, and, and I tried at first as a young teacher to be like many of those people, and I realized that I can be those, yeah, yeah. be those people. That's an important lesson to learn, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. There, there's value in uniqueness. Yeah. I used to, my kids were younger, so I went in a different way, but he's talked about if there was a difference of opinion, it's not right, it's not wrong, it's just different. Mm-hmm. And different does not mean that it's right, and different does not mean it's wrong. It's just different, and uh, different is good. So uh, not everybody has to think the same way. So The, uh, the, uh, the first three steps to success that we talked about were today I begin a new life, um, I am nature's greatest miracle, and I will persist until I succeed. We're were the th- first three steps success. Next week, um, the, the fourth step to success we will have for you. Dale, do you have anything uh, breaking news for us as far as uh, Farmer's Day? Well, we're, we're starting to put together 200 more flags to go out. for this. I'll talk about the Memorial Day service mm-hmm. first. Uh, Memorial Day, remember, at 10.15 out the cemetery, 10 o'clock at the Catholic Cemetery, then 10.15 at, the, uh, at Cedar Crest. And uh, we're having a short service, and the, the Legion Honor Guard will be out there, and Nancy Eckholm is going to sing a couple songs, and there'll be a prayer, and uh, just a very short program. And I hope lots of people come out uh, to... Uh, it's a, it's a time to think about the, those that have gone before you, not just veterans, I don't think, but th- the people that have gone before you. And uh, it used to be called Decoration Day, where they would go out and decorate the graves in the cemeteries. And so, uh, but anyway, we're going to have an avenue of flags from 6th Street all the way out to the cemetery, flags on both sides every so many feet. And uh, we just got a couple new boxes of flags, uh, thanks to the nice people at Legacies. And... Uh, we're uh, attaching those to poles and getting ready. And it's really kind of neat. You just take a, like a cement drill, cement mm-hmm. bin on a drill, and just drill a hole and stick it down in there, and away you go. So uh, last year we had a terrible time uh, with the wind. The wind was like 50 degrees or 50, 50 miles an hour all three days. We had them up, and a lot of them were torn. And uh, uh, Alan took them out to the Amish guy. And he sold them all up, a dollar a piece. Oh, Isn't cool! That amazing, yeah. yeah. So uh, we have all those, and we have a, a whole bunch of brand new ones that uh, 
uh, we're getting ready to go. So we're hoping it's not as windy. And so Farmer's Day, we're still plugging along. We've got uh, kind of an outline of where all these things are going to be Thursday night. Uh, we're going to try to put the rocket. We got this 24-foot rocket. We're going to try to put it up uh, during the car cruise just, okay. as a, just to see if it holds air. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, show us the picture. It's got ropes holding it down, this sort of thing. And so if weather permitting, we'll put it up uh, during the car cruise if we can work that out. Oh, uh, cool. The car cruise, I think, is the first... Is it the first Sunday in June, I think? I think so. Yeah. And so uh, we're going to do that. And uh, we got a, now, see, I didn't mean that paper, but we got a different band for Saturday night than we were going to have. Uh, that band had to cancel on us. And so we had a new band already for that. And, uh, oh, I don't know. Well, first time ever we bought event insurance. Things are starting to get so high priced. And so uh, if we get, in during the three days, Five inches of rain, or over 100 degrees temperature, or what's the other thing? So one other thing, then we're covered up to $50,000. Okay. Yeah. But for $354, the cost of the insurance. Right. So uh, what do you think the chances are collected? <laughs> I don't know. But it's getting to the point where things are so expensive, you almost have to have event insurance. Otherwise, we've always had, we need enough money to put this year on, and if things just go boom, nothing happens, we still have enough money to go the next year. Yep. Harder and harder to do that anymore because everything mm. is so much more expensive. And so uh, we have taken out event insurance. And so that's the first time we've ever done that. Interesting. So uh, looking forward to it. I think everything's going to... It'll be fine. Jump, yeah. See, yep. Mike Fettgater, thank him. He does an awful lot for Farmer's Day. He's our computer whiz, and he gets the the uh, website going and all that sort of thing. And so he's he's just a remarkable young man. So, we need to get Mike in here on the podcast. Yeah, actually, you should, because he's very interesting. And I like to know more of his background, because he, he must have a very interesting life story to tell. Yeah. Because um, A couple of community service announcements here. Don't forget, um, tonight from 6 to 8, this is Monday, May 22nd, from 6 to 8, the, at the Jessup Bible Fellowship on 152 South Street, Jessup, Iowa, uh, there's free suicide prevention training. And then again, Thursday, the 25th, from 6 until 8, at, here at Cowork 591 at 591 Young Street, Jessup, Iowa, there's free suicide prevention training. Um, reserve your spot now. Um, contact Ryan R. Nesbitt at gmail.com. Or call 641-990-4957. That's ryan.r.nesbit, N-E-S-B-I-T, at gmail.com. Or call 641-990-4957. John was in here a little while ago from the Bulletin Journal. They had a nice big ad in the last issue that I saw of their paper. Uh, for that program. Oh, very so, good. Uh, very good. The word is getting out. So. That's that's good. In Jessup news, in the in city uh, school news, the state track was this past weekend, and we don't have the the updates as we tape um, the Wednesday prior. But there were seven events that five five girl events and two boy events. Um, at state track. They have the Jessup school flags up and down the street. Yes, they so do. So you know somebody's at state when that happens. So. Mm -hmm. Don't forget the land swap. Um, the 
The city received the land that the water tower sits on, and the school received the land that the tennis court sits on. That that, that is final at the at the the city council. Excuse me, the city council meeting. Um, the lot width uh, of seventy feet was finally passed. Okay, and the bid for the North Street pavement project will be open until June 19th, and they will open it at the city council meeting that night. So they will be working on paving from the golf course to where it turns to the four-way intersection that runs to down Main Street oh, okay. and V62 there. Yeah, okay. So that that is going to take place. And finally, the Keeler Cambry tribe is scheduled for September 9th. If you're interested in that, contact JD Wald. Um, I believe they have a 5K for that, and they also have some, some events in the park that day. Dale, something popped up on my on my uh, Twitter page recently that I've, I had forgot about for a while. I know I know a lot about it. Um, do you know who Jack Taylor was? Uh, doesn't ring a bell. Okay, no. Jack Taylor was a basketball player at Grinnell College. Oh, I'm trying to think of the yeah. dates here. Um, would have been in in 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. Right in there. Okay. But um, Jack played for the world-renowned um, basketball coach um, da- David Arsenal. Um, David Arsenal was from Canada, and he took the coaching job, the men's coaching job at Grinnell College. Now Grinnell calls itself the the Harvard of yeah. the Midwest. <laughs> um, it, it is tough to get in there. Yeah, I mean, ex- yeah. extremely hard. I've had students that were just brilliant that had over 30 ACTs, were active in the community, and they weren't accepted yeah. to Grinnell. I guess they have tons of money in their endowment, right? They're yeah. a very wealthy school. They so, are, yeah. they are. And, and because of that... Um, sports aren't huge there, mm-hmm. and basketball lost for years and years and years, and guys would quit because they had a hundred other things to do, and they were academically involved and worried about becoming lawyers and doctors someday yeah. and other things. Well, David came in. And he had to find a way to keep his guys involved. So he 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 set up what what was called the Grinnell system. And the Grinnell system is is they try half their shots are three pointers. They at first when they started it they substituted five guys every minute. They uh, they wanted a hundred shots a game. Um, they pre- they pressed full court 
for the entire game, and they they wanted to shoot it every 12 seconds. Yeah, I remember this now. Yeah. Yeah. And the and David David had a lot of you know David had a lot of success keeping his guys around. He, he set several scoring records. As a matter of fact, Grinnell led the country in scoring um, for many years mm-hmm. um, because of the system. David yeah. David was a brilliant man. He was he was doing analytics before they were doing analytics in the in the NBA. And a lot of stuff in the NBA that's being done now was being done at, was was done at Grinnell Before. twenty years ago. Yeah, um, people people don't give David the credit. You know, everybody wants to give uh, Mike D'Antoni from Phoenix and uh, a former GM at uh, Houston credit, and and Arsenal was doing it at Grinnell. Yeah, but. Um, I saw David speak, and I was fortunate enough not not I was never friends with David. I mean, you know, he, he was an acquaintance. Sure. And because um, Virgil Hovden ran ran um, the system at at Dunkerton. Okay, we, I remember that too. Yeah. yeah. All right. We we got to know yeah. David over the years, and he taught us a lot. We went down to Grinnell two or three times. Mm-hmm. And we we watched, and we we saw David and his son, young Dave, speak at a clinic. And Virgil and I just happened to be walking in the same time him and Dave were walking in. And and David turned to Virgil and said, "I got a kid that's going to score a hundred points." Yeah. And uh, he'd been talking about that for years. <laughs> a lot of people want to take it as a as an insult to the game and an insult to the opponents um, that you play. Think about this, Dale. Imagine if you sit down and talk two or three days before the game and say, we can get such and such 100 points on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. How good a teammate must that young man be? Yeah. To want to get him that one hundred sure. points, yeah, no, and not score your own points, yeah. And they they decided to get Jack Taylor one hundred points, and it start, It was against a team called Faith Baptist Bible School, and David told me whenever he decided to get a record, he would he would tell. His opponents were going to try to get a record. Mm-hmm. You know, he he never hit it. Dave, Dave, Dave is a kind. You know, he's a good man. He he's not. He shared his system with with thousands of people. He had people live in his house for <laughs> for a year to learn the system. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, so. you know, he he wrote several books about it, and and he would he would tell he would tell people we're going we're going to try to set a record against mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And and uh, he told the Faith Baptist coach that night, we're going to try to get Jack Taylor 100 points tonight. People don't realize when you try to get one of your own guys 100 points, the third guys are going to have big games too. Yeah. And that night, Faith Baptist had a man named David Larson 
who had 70 points, who shot 34 for 44 from the field. <laughs> Everybody like 75%, pretty close. Yeah, Over very 75%, good, 75%. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Dave, Dave always called those guys that scored big against uh, Grinnell the system darling. Uh-huh. And so that particular night, David Larson was the system darling. Mm-hmm. So imagine a man scoring 70 points against you. Uh, would would have drove Mr. Baldwin crazy. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that night, with David Larson scoring 70 for Faith Baptist, for Grinnell, Jack Taylor scored 138 <laughs> points. Okay. And does he have any minutes? Um, he played 36 minutes. 36 minutes. That's unbelievable. That is yeah. unbelievable. He yeah. shot 52 for 108. <laughs> and it, for those of you for those of you interested, you can see every shot on YouTube. Okay. You can you can go watch that. It's so how it's many remarkable. shots did the other four guys get? Right, well, four, but uh, well, good question. I'll get to that. Right, That's I'm a good sorry. point. I, I, I just, I'm sorry. He was 27 for 71 from the three-point arc. Okay. So he shot 71 of his 108 shots. He shot 71 threes. Mm-hmm. And and I remember Jack Taylor was a. He went to a Division One school his first year mm-hmm. and blew his knee and missed a year because of the of, knee, yeah. of the knee mm-hmm. and. Decided to go to Grinnell. Yeah. And so so when he came in, that's when Arsenal realized he had yeah. he had he had a score. And so he he ended up with 138 points in 36 minutes, 52 for 108 from the field, 27 for 71 from the three-point line, and seven for ten from the from the uh, free throw line. Now, for Total for the team, as as Dale asked, the team was sixty eight for one hundred and thirty six. Okay. So the rest of the team <laughs> shot about 30, 30 shots. But if you you watch that online, um, and 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 Dave had David had numbered players, he would move him around, mm-hmm. and he would he would rest him on he would rest him on defense. Mm-hmm. And so, so if he couldn't help. Um, David couldn't help if Faith Baptist wasn't scoring. Yeah. And Faith Baptist still scored 107 points. Yeah. The final score of the game was 179 to 107. <laughs> yeah. in, in a remarkable effort. Yeah. Um, by 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 both teams actually. Yeah. But there there a lot a lot of people. A lot of people take that as an insult to the game, but here is the thing: Grinnell is a Division three college. Mm-hmm. They don't charge to get into games. They have no way to make money. Yeah. And David told me after this that 138 points made Grinnell five million dollars. Oh wow! People, graduates donating mm-hmm. to Grinnell, sure. yep. hearing about it on. ESPN, Sports Illustrated, on all the different news outlets. Um, soon as the game was over, Jack Taylor did like 
interviews till two in the morning. Then he got up at at six in the morning. He was on uh, Good Morning America okay. and did did interviews till six at, six that next night. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the best propaganda that Grinnell ever had. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. So and and. Um, you know, a lot of people take a lot of people take it as an insult to the game, but imagine what what it took to get Jack Taylor yeah that that kind of yeah. shots when everybody in the gym knew he was going to shoot. Yeah. Now my wife was teaching at Duncan, so we went to a lot of games because she knew the kids that were playing, and uh, when uh, Virgil was playing that system, I mean, very entertaining basketball to watch. I mean, it was a lot of fun. He won a lot of games, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of fun to see that. And so, yeah, I, I have no problem with people scoring a lot of points. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, is score points. And so, uh, a little off, I tell you my favorite Grinnell College story. I only have one. But Terry Shears and I were both teaching fourth grade, and I saw in the paper about this lecture on a Saturday down at Grinnell's. In, it's in the spring in May. And so I asked Terry if he'd like to go. And so it's on our own time, take our own car and everything, drive down there, and we get in the lecture hall. You know, some kind of a science thing that we thought would go with our curriculum. So the guy starts talking, and we sit there, and pretty soon we realize that we do not understand anything <laughs> about what he is talking about. It was just unbelievable. Both of us just looked at it going, I haven't, and we just did not know what he was talking about at all. And so, we, of course, we sat through the lecture, and then I remember we uh, walked down someplace and had lunch and came back and got in the car and came back to Jeff. <laughs> it was a beautiful May day. They got a beautiful campus there. But I, we still kid about that, how we just did not understand anything about what that guy was saying. So now I remember that game now when they were talking about that yeah. and uh, that kid scoring all those points. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's amazing. So d- don't forget... Um, that uh, Jessup, in Jessup, the Steve Brown Arts Center and Jessup Community Rec Program will have a week of musical theater camp at the Jessup Park Pavilion. Campers will learn the process of putting on a musical in just one week. As a group, we will design the sets, props, and costumes and also star in the show. The camp ends with a performance for friends and family. The dates are July 24th through the 27th from 9 until 2, and July 28th from 9 until 5 with a performance at 4 o'clock. Register using the QR code on this. And presently, there's only four signed up. Okay. Now, now one of the things that uh, Kira Masteller is working on is to get pictures from Heather and Drew to to show some things they've done before, so so we can post those, and we wanna we wanna uh, promote that more mm-hmm. because it, it's a special project, um, it, and it's a very unique project. I talked to Paul Yeager at uh, Iowa Public Television, and Paul Paul is real excited that we're doing this. Okay, that's good. Yeah, well, yeah. he's in a lot of. Productions when he was in school. He and was, so, yeah, he and was. So, and some of them probably with Heather. Um, yeah, more than likely. So yes, don't um, let money. If you're thinking about this and think, was it two hundred dollars? Don't let money be a problem. Money is available for camperships or whatever. And uh, 
I'm sure your kids will get a lot out of this. So uh, I encourage you to sign up. The, the, the kids really want to do this, but they need 25 kids. And so uh, uh, hopefully people will sign up and, and do this. Yes. Dale, um, what's, your, what's your take on the latest gambling scandal at Iowa and Iowa State? Well, uh, the NCAA is probably the only organization in the world that has problems with gambling anymore. Uh, all the, uh, you know, like you think about the, the Black Sox scandal in 19, 1919, and that was about gambling and, and uh, throwing the games and this sort of thing, which never was proven to my satisfaction. But very wary about gamblers, and, you know, Pete Rose is sitting there, Waiting to get in the Hall of Fame because he bet on some games, and uh, and now everybody's betting on everything, and you know you can make twenty five bets over one guy's at bat. It seems like anymore, and so uh, for them to think these kids aren't uh, going to get caught up in that, uh, Iowa we bet four billion dollars online gambling in the last year or so it's like billion with a b and so tremendous amount of money and there's advertising all the time with big name stars about gamblings and sports books and this sort of thing and so uh they talk about that one kid he bet three hundred dollars or something on a game and he, he actually he won 41 dollars and cost him half the season you know they suspended him for half the season for forty-one dollars, yeah. eighty-one gambling, and so, so anyway, I'm saying, I think if you're playing football, you shouldn't bet on football. Maybe you shouldn't bet on your own team, and football is the worst because if you know that the starting quarterback's got a bad knee, that influences how you bet, and so if that information gets out, you know, like Kurt Ferentz never wants to talk about injuries, right. but they're saying now maybe we ought to have a rule that everybody has to report the injuries to keep it fair for everybody because if you have inside information from a player that tells you, uh, you know, our quarterback's got a bad knee, that influences the game and influences the bets. And so uh, so it's a complicated situation, but I guess I can't see – there's got to be some way of setting some regulations so these kids can bet like everybody else does and not be throwing the game. But uh, there's always that – Temptation. So, what do you think? There, well, gambling's been around for a long time. Perhaps the the most famous college football player of all time, George Gipp of okay. Notre Dame. Yep. The famous Gipper. Yes. Win one for the Gipper. Right. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Yep. George Gipp was probably a man that never went to class at Notre Dame. <laughs> he. Spent the majority of his time in pool halls, yeah. playing poker, and shooting pool for money. Mm -hmm. He gambled a lot, yeah. Dale. And so gambling's been around a long, long time. We have let the genie out of the bottle with DraftKings and all the other apps on the phone mm -hmm. where you can bet on... What color the the queen's dress is going to sure. be? Yeah, we we've got you know th these guys 
these guys at Iowa and Iowa State, Iowa State's involved mm-hmm. yeah. as well, yeah. uh, have pr- made mistakes. And there's a couple reasons they made mistakes. In Iowa, you got to be 21 to make a bet. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a number of them were under 21. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there, there's, there's two investigations being done. Um, one is by the the organization that uh, John Bergman, a former guest oh, here, okay. Uh, um, okay. the Department, the, the, the Bureau of Criminal Investigations, mm-hmm. BCI, yeah. and then the, the gaming, the Iowa Gaming um, is also investigating this because obviously if you're under 21, you, can, you yeah. shouldn't be able to bet. Yep. And so it set things off in other colleges as soon as, that came out, and many of the colleges throughout the country just attacked their athletes about, watch it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're going to investigate you. But uh, at the same time, the Alabama baseball coach was caught throwing a game. Yeah. We, the genie's out of the bottle. This, one, this won't be the last time. No. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen a lot. Anytime, anytime players can make money, they're going to – people can make money, they're well, going to make money. Well, and a lot of those players, more so in the past, were really poor. I mean, they always talk about the kid be recruited from Florida to play in Iowa, and he gets to Iowa, doesn't have a coat, never needed a coat in his life, but the athletic department couldn't give him enough money or give him a coat because that would be breaking some rule right. from the NCAA, which, you know, see, to me, that is stupidity. Uh that you couldn't help a kid get a coat. Or they used to have, they give them campus jobs. You know, they water the grass at the football field. That was their job, but they had automatic sprinklers. Mm-hmm. So, they, uh, <laughs> so, you know, college has been cheating a long time. I remember back in the 50s where Paul Horning and Alex Karras, big stars in the NFL, were caught gambling. And so they got a one-year suspension. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the thing that got me is that when they came back the next year, why well, Vince Lombardi was the coach at Green at uh, Green Bay, mm-hmm. where Horning played. They said he had Horning running the steps in the stadium till his tongue hung hung six inches out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and Horning was a big star, you know, yeah. he was their guy. But uh, uh, so uh, so they got tough with it because those were two big name players. They they weren't just you know. They were stars, and so uh, so it's been like you said, it's been going on a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but how they can say Shoeless Joe when he made no errors, hit three sixty five, and this uh, so many RAs, and how he was cheating, I don't, I never could get that. So, uh. <laughs> um, don't forget the the Joseph uh, the Steve Brown Arts Center has many programs going on. We're at the Independence Farmers Market May twentieth. May 27th, and again June 3rd. Um, we have Art in the Park in association with uh, the Jessup Public Library at the Land of Corn Pavilion from 1 until 2. I know that uh, Ali Borgia-Ding has a program for that day. And then we're back at the Independence Farmers Market June 10th. Then back again at the Art in the Park and. Land of the Corn Pavilion, uh, June 15th, and Allie has a second program for you that day. So please keep, keep your eye out on the, 
on the uh, Jessup Public Library's social media for more information on that. Uh, remember, on July 29th, um, the Littleton Free Watermelon Day will be from noon until 8, and there will be musicians and artists and food vendors there. And watermelon. And free watermelon. Free watermelon. Free watermelon. That always tastes best. That, that does. It's sponsored by the Littleton Lounge, Reyes Concrete, Littleton Chatham Historical Society, Jacobson Fabrication Repair, Dream Chaser Acres, Boyd's, Jessup Lions Club, Independence High School FFA, Thomas James, Totally Rolled Ice Cream, Northeast Iowa, Even Events and Rentals, and Derek's Repair Shop. It's presented by the Steve Brown Arts Center. So when you were a kid, were you a, a nighttime watermelon getter? Or? You know, I, there, there wasn't a lot of watermelon patches in our area. Okay. Um, that used to be a big thing is to sneak out and try to snitch a watermelon in the middle of the night. And so... Uh, Kind of exciting, you know. That was your thrill, but so I never did that, of course. Right, right. Um, I was more the grapes and apple guy. So, um, Dale, do you have any other announcements for us here before I wrap things up? No, I don't think so. Are you going to talk about what your mother taught you, or? Well, it is. Save it for another day. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for another okay. day. Okay. All right. Then I'm good. All right. All right. Um, the Steve Brown Arts Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that has a vision for artists, young and old alike, to have the opportunity to better themselves while helping to build the skills of those around them. It will be offering community programming starting in Jessup, Iowa, before extending to neighboring communities. If you would like to donate to the Steve Brown Arts Center or have an idea for an event, go to the stevebrownartscenter.org and follow the link or call. Me at 319-290-0241. That's 319-290-0241. And leave a message. If you have news, um, contact me at jim at stevebrownartcenter.org. I'm Jim Gillespie. Thanks to co-host Dale Reber and our producer, Blake Tempest. Blake, we're happy you have your summer Residency <laughs> planned here. We're excited that you're in town here. He passed. He got his first year of college, right? Yeah. Well, well sorry. Right. Only, only three more to go. All right. Um, thank you for everything you do for us, thank Blake. You, Blake. Yep. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Kelly Cias, Cowork 591 Studios. Cowork has been incredible to the Steve Brown Arts Center. Make sure that you spend, uh, you, you spend time here at Cowork. Co-Work Studios and Co-Work 591. Remember, each day is about little victories.